Welcome to The Context. Donald Trump has flown to Miami ahead of Tuesday's court appearance where he'll face federal criminal charges, alleging he kept top-secret documents after leaving the White House and also tried to cover it up. Brian Lanza is a former Republican strategist and once a key member of Team Trump. And Kezia Dugdale is a former leader of the Scottish Labour Party, no stranger to the pressures of high office herself. Also on the programme, trouble at the top of the UK's governing Conservative Party, with Boris Johnson accusing Rishi Sunak of talking rubbish about his plans to hand out honours to his supporters. And Ukraine says it's continuing to make gains in its counteroffensive, but just how hard will it be to push Russia's armed forces back? Well, Donald Trump has flown to Florida, where he's due to appear in court on Tuesday, as we've said, to face charges in connection with the discovery of boxes of classified documents dating back to his time in the White House at his residence in Mar-a-Lago. Well, this is the moment he stepped onto the runway in Florida after his private plane touched down in Miami. He had taken it from New Jersey, where a Secret Service motorcade had accompanied him to the airport. There was another one waiting for him here, and it took him to the Trump National Doral Golf Resort, where he'll stay ahead of his court appearance. He faces criminal charges, which include unlawfully keeping national security documents and lying to officials who tried to recover them. Mr. Trump, who remains the frontrunner for the Republican presidential nomination, insists that the charges are politically motivated, and he maintains his innocence. Well, let's go to our correspondent, Nomia. Iqbal, who is in Miami for us. Uh, Nomia. Okay. I understand, uh, President. Uh, Nomia, I hope you can hear me. Uh, we saw Donald Trump yeah. uh, arriving okay. in Miami. Yes, uh, so I'm outside his resort where he's spending the evening, and there were many die-hard Donald Trump supporters. Of course, there's always more media than there are supporters, I have to say, at these. Uh, it was the case in New York as well. And uh, he went in, he had this, uh, you know, obviously huge security, uh, long, uh, you know, motorcade that took him inside the resort. And he'll spend the evening there before appearing in court at 3 p.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, the courthouse is about 20 minutes away from here. Um, you know, that is also just, just on the security um, issue. It's really tight, of course, you know, you expect it to be. Uh, Florida is used to uh, these high-profile cases. They've prosecuted former elected officials, current elected officials, foreign dignitaries, drug dealers, obviously a former president, and particularly Donald Trump is a whole other ball game. But uh, the Miami officials, and we, you know, we heard from the Miami mayor said that they are ready for this, but they're also ready for this to be over and done as well. Uh, we do expect after Donald Trump's appeared in court, when he's had the charges laid out to him, that he will then leave Miami and head out of the state. And Nomia, the political calendar and the legal calendar are on a collision course with this one, aren't they? Sorry, say that again, Nancy. I was just saying that the political calendar and the legal calendar are on a collision course with this because Donald Trump is the front runner for the Republican Party, but at the same time, he's got a lot of court appearances to get through. 
You're right, it is on a collision course. Jack Smith, as special counsel in charge of the investigation, is hoping for a speedy trial. Uh, but we don't know when that trial will take place. And also, remember, they've got to pick a jury. And the jury will be picked from Florida. Florida the reason why it's being held in Florida in the first place is because the prosecutors want him to face uh, these charges in the states where the alleged crime took place. Uh, Florida is a Republican-leaning state. Donald Trump won it in the last two presidential elections. It is impossible to find anyone in this state, let alone the country, who doesn't have an opinion on Donald Trump. So they need to find a jury that is as impartial as possible, that will look at the evidence that's presented to them. Uh, so that's one of the challenges. And uh, we don't know how long the trial could last for. We do expect it to last into the throughout the election season and potentially beyond the election. I mean, I was talking to one former federal prosecutor and he said it, it's possible. This is, we're talking about, you know, really sort of um, almost like a crazy scenario where Donald Trump, let's just say he has the trial and he's convicted, uh, but he's still the front, he's still the Republican Party's nomination for the election and he wins the election. You know, what happens then? Because it's worth remembering that it's not Congress that decides who's qualified to be the president, it's the Constitution. Uh, and so if there was a scenario in which Donald Trump had this trial, was convicted, and then won the election, that would just plunge America into really unexplored territory. I mean, there are extraordinary uh, possibilities ahead. Nomia, thanks so much. It's great to get your update, and thank you for persevering through that tricky line. Well, let's discuss some of this a bit more. Joining me live from Fife in Scotland, Kezia Dugdale, uh, former leader of the Scottish Labour Party, and from Washington, Brian Lanza, Republican strategist and former director of communications in Donald Trump's transition team. So I think it's uh, right that we start with you, Brian, as we talk about uh, what we've just seen there, which is uh, former President Trump arriving for another appearance in a courtroom. Let's get your thoughts, Brian. Yeah, well, well, thank you for having me. You know, it's, it's sad that we're here at this moment again. I mean, we'll probably be at one more arraignment between now and the election. Uh, but it's really an unprecedented time for an unprecedented situation. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame that we're at this particular moment. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty going forward. And, you know, tr President Trump's whole time as president has been about chaos. Why wouldn't the run-up for president again be about chaos again? Well, that's a fair point. Uh, but uh, Kezia, never before has a former U.S. president been charged with a crime, let alone one who's trying to be president again. I mean, looking from across the pond, what, what's this looking like to you? At the federal crime, no less. The accusation that he has had not just one, but potentially hundreds of classified documents in his um, Mar-a-Lago home or, or major residence is, of course, a very serious offence. But the political consequences of this, I think, are, are quite diverse, really. There's lots of evidence to show that Americans, particularly those predisposed to supporting Donald Trump, are far more concerned about any suggested political interference in the election process than they are about the fact that these potentially uh, very secret documents were found in his house. So there's a, a great deal to be said that a story like this dominating the news Place to Donald Trump's advantage. He, he wants to be the anti-establishment candidate. He wants to run again. And these stories give him airtime to talk about everything that he believes that's wrong with the American system. It's that kind of anti-politics vibe that he'll be tapping into over the next 12 months. And you can't help but think this is going to play to his advantage for a few months yet. 
Yes, there's a big political test here, but there's also a test of the judicial system, isn't there, Brian? And um, I'll just put to you the comments from William Barr, who was Mr. Trump's former attorney general. Uh, he said, Mr. Trump is not a victim here, and uh, he appeared to have engaged in egregious obstruction. He uh, quoted another conservative legal commentator saying, if even half of it is true, he's toast. I mean, what, what do you make of those comments? Listen, the president has an uphill battle, and I think, you know, from his standpoint, you know, his PR campaign is not going to focus on the details of the case, but it's going to focus more on this sort of dual traction judicial system. You have, you know, a set of politicians are treated one way, and then Donald Trump is treated a different way. You know, sort of they bend the laws to, cut, to try to prosecute them. They bend the laws to extend statute of limitations. They bend the law to get his taxes. Like, he actually has a strong PR case that the institutional left, that the sort of deep state is weaponizing government to go after him. And that's why it's unprecedented. And Kezia, you, you know, you, you've already hinted at this, that uh, this is, is a huge uh, political uh, statement, whether it's liked or not, or it's being interpreted as such. Uh, Trump said 2024 would be a final battle between the forces of good and evil. I mean, if he does uh, win in 2024, if he was elected, uh, could he pardon himself? This is throwing up all sorts of uh, scenarios that uh, no one has had to think about before. Yes, I think you'd have to be a serious expert in American constitutional law to properly answer your last question. But you're right, it's utterly unprecedented. Other than we know that this is Donald Trump, the man, the politician, he, he feeds off of this type of drama. It plays to his base extremely well. I actually think there's very little chance that this court case will conclude prior to the Democratic, yeah. sorry, the Republican nomination being uh, secured or indeed anywhere near um, the presidential race itself. So I think we're going to see Donald Trump as the Republican nominee by quite some way. And we'll be hearing about this story for many months and indeed potentially years to come. And we'll be in uncharted territory in the aftermath of the next election. If you assume that Donald Trump wins that election, there's not a great deal of hope in that regard in the polls that I see at this side of the water at the moment. Although Joe Biden's numbers are falling, you would still fancy the Democrats' chances ahead of the next election, but we're still a long way out. We are. Either way, though, there's a lot to, to keep an eye on. All right, we'll, uh, we'll pause it there for now. But around the world and across the UK, this is BBC News.